Omagyanatimirandhasya gyananjana shalakaya chakshurin militam yena tasmai shri guruvenamaha. Here, Sri Krishna is discussing persons who take to devotional service. He says that the best is one who is situated in full knowledge of him. This doesn't mean academic book knowledge, but it means complete acceptance and understanding that Krishna is the Supreme Lord and that we are all his eternal servant. And practical understanding of this means to engage in devotional service. As Lord Krishna states elsewhere in Bhagavad Gita, Ahang sarvasya prabhavo matas sarvang pravartate iti matva bhajante maam buddha bhava samanvitaha Lord Krishna states, I am the source of everything, both material and spiritual. One who understands this perfectly engages in my devotional service and worships me with all his heart. However, as Lord Krishna states in this verse, the verse we're reading today, and as Srila Prabhupada explains more in the purport, that it's not that one who is not in full knowledge of Krishna cannot approach Krishna. The quality to approach Krishna is, well, it's mentioned in the verse previous to this, one should be sukritivan. That means of pious disposition. And here in this verse the word udara is given, which means magnanimous, broad-minded. Broad-minded in modern terminology, at least in, I don't know how this goes in Tamil, but in English it means to be accepting all different kinds of views. But the the definition of broad-minded or udara is given in the Hitopadesh. First of all, describes people of laghuchetasa or narrow-mindedness, small-mindedness, literally, or light-mindedness, eventually. That Persons of very constricted outlook, they can only see in terms of I, me, and mine. They also see others, but they make a differentiation. This is mine, that's his. I'm here, he's there. With the implication that one thinks in terms of friends and enemies, in terms of people who support my programs for sense gratification and those who want to impinge upon them. So the opposite of that is udara. Udara charitan udara charitanam tu vasundhaiva kotumbakam. One who has got broad vision. He sees everyone in the world as being related to him. Just uh, just as one sees one's own family members. When you are walking on the street you see so many people. But if you happen to see your, while walking on the street, you see your brother or your daughter or someone who's closely related, then to you that person seems very special. Why special? Because there is relationship, kutumba. So when one sees everyone in the world with that sense of dearness that is 
Everyone is like Kutumba, closely related to me. That is called Udara Cheta, or broad vision, broad outlook. That is possible if one sees Krishna as the Supreme Lord and that we are all related under his overlordship. Now, it's not expected that everyone who takes to devotional services on such a very high level, the Sukritivan or the Sukriti, they are mentioned in here in Bhagavad Gita. Just two two verses previous to this. Chatur Vidha Bhajante Maam Jana Sukriti Narjuna Artho Jignasur Artharti Lord Krishna mentions four kinds of pious people who take to his devotional service. He mentions the distressed person, one who desires wealth, one who is curious, and one who is knowledgeable. Knowledgeable means knowledgeable of the Vedic conclusion. Now it's not everybody who is distressed or inquisitive or desirous of wealth who takes to bhakti. But persons who are distressed, desirous of wealth, curious about Krishna consciousness, <coughs> and in knowledge, in uh, knowledge of the Vedic conclusion, who are also Sukriti, they perform pious activities in previous lives, they take to, to devotional service. And Krishna states further in this chapter of Bhagavad Gita, he again states that people who are pious, they take to my devotional service with great determination. Here it's, uh, this, this verse previous to this says, one who, t- one who is pious, but he's desirous, or he has various desires, they take to devotional service. And later on, this Yeshang Tandagatang Papam verse, Lord Krishna states that one who is completely fr- free from sinful activities and free from the illusion in thinking of, and thinking of in terms of I, me, and mine not only takes to devotional service, but takes to it with great durata or determination. So those who are in the beginning stage, they're coming, O oh Lord, give me some money. They are not on a very advanced stage. But nevertheless, they are described by Lord Krishna as udara, of broader intelligence. Why is that? Someone approaches the Supreme Lord, give me money. So... That means he's thinking in terms of I, me, and mine. But the very fact that he is approaching the Supreme Lord means that his udara cheta, or his broader consciousness, has at least started to awaken. He's not only thinking in terms of I, me, and mine, but he realizes that there is a power beyond me. He's not... He's not fully in the consciousness, that he's not in the demoniac consciousness of Ishvaraham, I am the Supreme Controller. He, he has some modicum, at least. You know what modicum means? It means a small amount of 
submissiveness and humility before the Supreme Lord. And if he's fortunate enough to come in contact with more advanced devotees, then he can develop in devotional service this quality of udarta or magnanimity, liberalness. This is a symptom of a highly advanced devotee of Krishna. So the udarta of a beginning devotee means that he's just be, he's come beyond the stage of thinking only in terms of me. He's beginning to understand that there is a Supreme Lord. And the udarta or the magnanimity of the great devotees is uh, a reflection of that of the Supreme Lord Krishna Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is prayed to Namo Mahavadanyaya Krishna Prema Pradayate Krishnaya Krishna Chaitanya Namne Gauratvishena Maha. He is prayed to among all his unlimitedly wonderful qualities. In this prayer, Rupa Goswami particularly points out his extraordinarily uh, vast magnanimity. His great magnanimity is that he is giving Krishna praying. He is Krishna and he is giving himself. So, great devotees, they follow in the footsteps of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and they try to present Krishna consciousness to others. That is considered, the, that is the greatest welfare work. It's the greatest welfare work because it's the activity of greatest benefit to others. And in fact, it's not only the greatest welfare work for others, but it's the only activity of any real benefit to others. It's also a, a, a great, greatly magnanimous on their part because they're trying to give such a great and wonderful thing to people who are of laghu chetasa, of small-minded who don't want to accept this gift. And they're not really fit to accept this gift due to their small-mindedness. But nevertheless, the devotees of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu tirelessly try to present this gift even to people who are not very willing to accept or Envious, still the devotees try to distribute Krishna consciousness to them. So, the standard of udarta or magnanimity of the just beginning neophyte devotees and that of the fully advanced devotees, there's, there's a great difference in the standard of udarta. That is the basic quality by which one can even be a devotee. And according to the development of that broad-mindedness, then one is becomes a more advanced, is counted as a more advanced devotee. That when one's consciousness becomes more and more expanded so that one sees Krishna everywhere and everything in Krishna, and one identifies one's interest solely with the desire of Krishna, then that is full, fully broad intelligence. So development in Krishna consciousness can be uh, gauged in terms of 
how much one sees Krishna, the less one thinks in terms of I, me and mine, and the more one thinks how Krishna will be satisfied. This is advancement in Krishna consciousness. It's It requires change of consciousness to come from that narrow-minded way of thinking, I, me and mine. So in the beginning one thinks of, in terms of I, me and mine and there is there is some superpower called Bhagavan who can help me to fulfill my material desires. So it's just a little bit up from being totally materialistic and atheistic. And then gradually one has to underst- understand I am meant to serve him. He is not he is not meant for fulfilling my material desires. Instead of thinking in terms of I, me, and mine, one gradually has to think, what does Krishna want? Again, this is this is possible to imbibe by association with advanced devotees. We to change the consciousness. It's it's not very easy because we are attached to our own way of thinking. We tend to think, yes, I'm very great, I'm very wonderful. Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, who is undoubtedly one of the greatest devotees who ever came to this world, just to show the, to, to demonstrate the attitude with which one should approach an advanced devotee, related that in his youth he considered himself to be a very highly learned and moral and well-behaved person. He he said that I was proud of my debating skills. Let anyone come at any time of the day or night and I will cut their theories to pieces and pound them into dust. A highly reputed person. But when he met Gorky Shodas Babaji Maharaj, Babaji Maharaj, who was from external vision, illiterate and eccentric. Babaji Maharaj didn't care in the slight, he wasn't in the slightest bit impressed by Siddhanta Saraswati's learning, his aristocratic position, his morality. He wasn't in the slightest bit impressed. So then Siddhanta Saraswati said that when I realized that all the things I considered valuable, Babaji Maharaj, he didn't think of them as being in the slightest bit valuable. I then, I then had some realization of what valuable things he possessed, that he considered that which I considered valuable to be worthless. He then realized that Babaji Maharaj possessed something which, was, which made worldly good qualities seem totally insignificant. What was that thing he possessed? Pure love of Krishna. Kunti Devi states the same thing. Janmaishvarya Shuta Shri Bhir Edamana Madhapuman Naivarhatyabidhatung Vai Twama Kinchana Gochara. She prayed to Krishna, O Krishna, 
you are the property of the materially impoverished. Persons who are small-minded, they think that their high birth, their property and wealth, their bodily beauty and their intelligence and learning are very valuable. One who is very small-minded is interested in these things. Which means the whole world, everyone is dhana durmadandhan, everyone is blinded by wealth. Everyone thinks wealth is very important. Somehow or other, if someone has money, that people think, oh, he's a very important person. But uh, this is foolishness. These things don't last. Just for a short time, someone can be very wealthy. When I was staying in Bangladesh in the late 1970s and early 1980s, in Dhaka, the capital, is full of cycle rickshaws with a few few cars, and they were second-hand reconditioned Japanese cars. So they're cars which are rejected by... the. These are just ordinary cars driven by ordinary factory workers in Japan and rejected by them. But one, someone in Bangladesh who was driving one of those is a very big man. And you, you'd see them in the car looking very proud. The same thing is someone from Bangladesh is working in maybe Dubai maybe cleaning toilets. But when he comes back to Bangladesh, to his village, people think, oh, very big man, he came from overseas. So like this, who is, who is wealthy? Bill Gates is supposed to be the most wealthy person in the world. What's the meaning to it? It's just like, it's just like you're trying to hold water in your hand. It, it'll drip down, it won't stay. It's... it's Kamala dala jala jivana talamala. Life is like water on a lotus leaf. It will fall down. It will be finished. But we're so much concerned with our name, fame, prestige, position, all these things. Or you can go to some small town and you'll find some rich man and he's a very big respected person in that town. But if he goes to a big city like Bombay, then... He's nothing. So many people are much richer than him and no one cares for him. So bhakti begins when we stop trying to define ourselves in terms of our temporary possessions and positions. Sarvo padhi vinir muktam. This is the first condition of bhakti. One should be free from material designations. Instead of seeing our petty little wealth, we should see the source of all wealth, Krishna, that is broad-mindedness. And actually we're all tiny before Krishna. If we see Bill Gates, we'll think, oh, he's vastly more wealthy than me. But his position and our position is, even in terms of wealth, before Krishna it's insignificant. If I have only 20 rupees and you have a thousand rupees, it seems like there's a big difference between us. But compared to a person who has a thousand crores rupees, in his vision there's not much difference, there's no difference between the twenty rupee person and the thousand rupee person. Krishna owns everything. 
So our name, fame, position in front of Krishna, it's all very insignificant. And Krishna himself, he in his, he is Bhagavan, but in his original aspect, he's also not interested in all these things. He is Narayana, the worshipped Lord of the Vaikuntha world. He is all opulent and all powerful. But he likes to live in the village, look after cows, play on his flute, very simply. Because he's more interested in the free and natural love of Vrindavan than the opulence of Vaikuntha. So udar, broad-mindedness, it means to go beyond the petty consideration of this material world and think how wonderful, how vast is Krishna. And ultimately to come to the platform of love of Krishna. Even within love of Krishna there are different stages. One who loves Krishna for his power and opulence is not as broad-minded or as dear to Krishna who, who, as one who loves Krishna simply because he is Krishna. He's so wonderful and sweet and loving and kind. So advancement in Krishna consciousness means to see how wonderful is Krishna and to, uh, in this way, forget our petty, small-minded way of thinking. By seeing the greatness of Krishna, we can become trinada, we can fit the description of trinada pisunichana, thinking oneself lower than a straw in the street. And seeing that Krishna is so great, and who am I before Krishna? I'm just so small. And tarariva sehishnuna, more tolerant than a tree. Thinking, well, if Krishna, something is happening to me which I don't like, but anyway, it's Krishna's arrangement, he knows better than me, so let me tolerate it. And amanina, not desiring respect for oneself. Why should anyone desire to be praised when there's Krishna is to be praised? And that is mandan, manadena, giving respect to others, to Krishna. And seeing, oh, how wonderful are the devotees of Krishna. So they should be praised and honored. Such a person naturally, with, with such a broad-minded attitude, such a person is blessed by the Supreme Lord to have taste for always chanting the names of Krishna. <coughs> Bhakti can be defined as one's uh, development of appreciation of the wonderful qualities of the Supreme Lord and also of appreciation of the devotees of the Supreme Lord. That they are udar, they're not ordinary people. They are dear to Krishna because they are serving Krishna. So this vision is to be imbibed. Seeing beyond my tiny little temporary position, I'm Indian, I'm Tamil, I'm a businessman or a shopkeeper, and see that beyond even this what to speak of my tiny position beyond even this vast universe is the whole spiritual world where Krishna is the center. So it means expanded consciousness, broad consciousness, consciousness of what does it mean to, to 
to have the consciousness of understanding Krishna as the Supreme Lord. If we're thinking in terms, I am Indian, I'm Tamil, I don't like these Canada people, or I don't like these low caste people, or someone's in low caste, we don't like the high caste people. These are all symptoms of Sankirna buddhi, or contracted way of thinking. Means very small. It's small, like crushed up. Small minded. Small minded. What's the word? Chinna buddhi. Yeah. Small minded. Yeah. Sankirna means like that, small or contracted. So yeah, like this. And udhar means like this, opened up. Sankirna, just like the bud is closed up. And vikasit is opened like this. Then Bhaktivinoda Thakur gives the comparison. So, one who is udhar, he can see the potential of Krishna consciousness in everyone. That example, Srila Prabhupada was lecturing in New York when some drunken man came into the lecture. And he gave some, he came in with a donation. He came in and put down some toilet paper and made some noisy drunken sound and went out again. So toilet paper is a completely useless offering because Krishna and his devotees don't use toilet paper. And exactly did he know he was giving or not giving in a drunken state? You don't know what you're doing. So he came in, he made a little disturbance and he went out. But Prabhupada saw, oh, he did some service, he gave something. So that Udarta, yes, all right, let's count, the, let's count that as some service. Of course, if one submits one as a disciple, then it may seem that the opposite kind of attitude is there. To one who, who submits himself as a disciple, it may seem that the opposite attitude is there. Because then the guru, he is cutting away all the anarthas of the shishya. Just like one time one of the disciples of Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswatthaka, he was a young boy and Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswatthaka was praising, oh he's very nice, he's doing very nice service. And this senior devotee, who was also a disciple of Bhaktisthan Saraswatthakur, who was guiding that junior devotee, said, No, no, he's not doing anything good. He's not good at all. So that, that senior devotee, Nishikan Sanyal, he had sent this Jyoti Shekhar Prabhu. He'd give him service all the time. He never never praised him. He only, if they, and he did anything wrong, he'd tell him. If he did anything right, he never told him. But Jati Shekhar Prabhu took that, 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 that's his kindness. We see that Srila Prabhupada, he dealt with different disciples in different ways. Some of them he would only encourage. Yes, what you're doing is very nice. Others he was chastising a lot. So, who is most fortunate? Was Prabhupada less magnanimous with those he was chastising? Rather, those who were fortunate would accept that, yes, this is for my benefit. Out of his magnanimity, Srila Prabhupada is taking the trouble to 
correct my faults. So those disciples who had sufficient broad-mindedness not to think in terms... Uh, yeah, they, those who had sufficient broad-mindedness, they could take advantage of Srila Prabhupada's correcting them. One who is very small-minded, who is thinking in terms of I, me and mine, if anyone says anything, what, you can't say anything to me, I'm so great, I'm so wonderful, who are you to say anything to me? Who is this person to say anything? But an advanced devotee will accept that, yes, this correction, the person who is making it is not doing out of egoism, but out of his broad, out of his magnanimity to try to help me to improve. So really to to advance in devotional service means to uh, become more and more open to the reality that Krishna is the Supreme Lord and I'm only meant to serve Him, which means to become freed from the small-mindedness in thinking of terms of I, me, mine, my home, my prestige, my country, my caste. But one, to get beyond this, I, me, mine, my caste, my prestige, my false ego, me, me, my, my, one has to be ready, at least at some stage one has to be ready to transcend this way of thinking. That's called submissiveness. Submissiveness to accept that I need to improve. I need to go beyond my petty-mindedness and surrender to Krishna. So, some of the disciples who Prabhupada chastised, instead of thinking that, yes, I'm wrong, as they should have done, they thought, no, this old man is wrong. He doesn't understand me properly. He's not dealing with me properly. He's not giving me enough respect. Again, thinking in terms of I, me, and mine. Instead of seeing that Srila Prabhupada is the representative of Krishna, and he's come to give us Krishna and the whole spiritual world. What a... What magnanimity, what broad-mindedness to give us such a, such a great gift. But we can't accept it if we remain attached to our small way of thinking. There is a story that there is a river and on one side live people who for some reason it's they carry big heavy rocks around on their backs all the time. And they're, they're attached to carrying these rocks. Even though it's very uncomfortable they think it's a matter of prestige. The more heavy rocks they can carry the the, the more important a person I am. They're simply suffering by carrying these rocks, but they, they get some sense of prestige. You see, I'm a very important person. I carry so many rocks. And on the other side of the river are people who are living very peacefully and happily and very nicely. From time to time, people come from the nice side of the river and tell the people that, why don't you come and live with us? We have such a nice life there. All you have to do is cross this river. It's not very difficult to cross. But you have to throw down these rocks because that will sink the boat. But the rock-carrying people, they cannot imagine such a thing. How can you suggest to give up our rocks? I'm a very... You see, my, my, I'm carrying these rocks. I'm very respectable. My father was also carrying so many rocks. And my grandfather and my brothers and my cousins. 
or uh, or someone may say, yes, it's a good idea, but first of all, I have to train my children to carry the rocks. So though they may be attracted to the idea of going to a place which is very peaceful and nice and loving, because they don't, if they don't want to give up their rocks, they can't cross. The rocks will make the boat sink. So like that, we're supposed to live in the spiritual world very happily with Krishna. And it's not even very difficult to go. But we just have to give up our material attachments, which are anyway useless and just a cause of distress to us. But we're so attached. It's simply foolishness. It's, we're, but we're so foolish that when someone comes and suggests that we give up our material attachments, we become angry at them. And we, we think, well, who is this sadhu? He's a completely useless person. He's not carrying any rocks. And what's the use of going to that place if there's no rocks to carry anyway? So it's a very foolish consciousness. Jive viparita ruchi parivartankara. That is the duty of the sadhus to try to turn around the perverted intelligence of persons of chinnabuddhi, small-minded way of thinking. And understand that we don't have, we're not meant to carry the rocks of material attachments, but we're meant to surrender to Krishna. So preaching is a thankless task. If we go to cheat people, people will be very happy. If we tell that, oh, you just worship this Baba, or you do some meditation, and you'll get, you'll get so much peace of mind, so you can enjoy more sense gratification, people will be very happy. People are so foolish that they think that a real sadhu is one who gives them more rocks. But if a sadhu tries to remove their rocks, they say, what are you doing? He identifies himself in terms of the rocks. So if we uh, we identify our term, ourselves in terms of my money, my position, my prestige, my this, my that, when the sadhu tells, no, this is nothing to do with you, you're then we become afraid, then... People should respect me. I'm carrying so many rocks for so many years. Why doesn't he respect me? That's because he's a fool. Be careful. Don't go near that person. You see, he's not even carrying any rocks. This is called apaswartha parayana, being firmly attached to that which is completely against our own real self-interest. So the beginning of udartha, or broad-minded intelligence, is to understand that there is a higher power than myself. But real udarta or broad-mindedness means to understand that not is there only a higher power than myself, but that service to him is the only real meaning of life. And my whole present way of thinking is completely wrong and foolish. So real bhakti begins at this point. One may be pious and take to devotional service with the idea of preserving my rocks or adding more. But real spiritual vision begins when we understand that these, these rocks of material attachment have nothing to do with me and they are in fact detriments to my real self-interest. Therefore, jnani tvatmaiva meimatam. All are magnanimous but... The best, Krishna says, the best among persons who come to me are those who come in knowledge 
in knowledge of our of Krishna's position and our position in relationship with him. Lord Krishna speaks a lot in Bhagavad Gita about transcending duality, transcending the dualities of victory and defeat, loss and gain, heat and cold, happiness and distress means to understand all these things are simply coming and going, but my position is as the servant of the servant of Krishna's servants. One who takes to devotional service, he must expect to be misunderstood and slighted by people of this world. His own advancement in broader vision will be met with scorn by people of lesser vision. So, a test of whether one is able to actually take to Krishna consciousness is if he's, he's not concerned with the scorn of small-minded people, but is very much interested in getting the mercy of persons of very broad vision. Such a person is astita, such a person can actually be situated in devotional service. Hare Krishna. Is there any question about this? Yeah, anyone has any question? Please raise your hand. Give the mic, please. Hare Krishna. You said that Krishna is the source of spiritual and material worlds. Um, why why at all he should give material world? If only spiritual spiritual world exists, then there is no this uh, rocks and other stuff. There's no need for it. But we are foolish. We want rocks, we don't want Krishna. If you want Krishna, you can immediately go to Krishna. But are you ready to do that? Because we're not ready, we have to carry rocks. Krishna has created this situation because we want it. That is our foolishness. Three gunas are mentioned, Sattva, Raja, Tama. The one who has crossed the three gunas, what, is, what are the symptoms? Symptom is that he is fully engaged in devotional service. One who is fully situated in devotional service crosses over the three modes of material nature. So we'll finish there. Hare Krishna, you're all broad-minded. You're coming here. You have interest to hear about Krishna. So please apply yourself more and more to the process of bhakti yoga. The more we hear and chant about Krishna, the more we can perceive Krishna's presence everywhere and in everything, in every aspect of our lives. So this Krishna conscious is not just meant for Sundays. It's meant for every moment of our existence.
So please remember that everything in this world is temporary, but Krishna consciousness is eternal. We don't belong here in this world, we all belong to Krishna. So having attained this human form of life, we should utilize it for remembering Krishna.